Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 7 Investing Podcast. I'm JT Street, and I am here with Simon Erickson, our founder and CEO here at 7 Investing. And we are going to talk today about our summer stock challenge growth versus income. We are neck deep in the income section of round one, and we're going to talk about it today with two stocks the Battle of the Behemoths, United Health Group, or CME Group, the groups. Going head to head. Simon, how are you today? Pretty good, JT. Yeah, kind of fun talking about uh, pizza and coffee yesterday. Domino's just beat Starbucks in a pretty close matchup. We're going to talk about uh, kind of some different types of companies on today's show. I'm a little surprised by that, to be honest. I, I thought Starbucks had the legs to hold off, but it was back and forth you know, all day long. I love the horse racing on these polls. So, uh, yeah, happy to see uh, Domino's come out. Uh, surprised to see Starbucks fall, but that's why we do these things, just to see where we're going. So let's dive in right now. Uh, these are, as we said, income-style investments. They they have dividends. They pay out to shareholders on a repeat basis. Let's go into our first one here, United Health Group. Let's talk a little bit about them. What is it about United Health Group that makes them such an attractive income investment? Yeah, it, JT, I mean, what makes them so interesting is that the United States is spending $4.3 trillion a year on healthcare, right? That is the most of any developed country out there. We've got a very expensive system. And within that even is uh, $600 billion of that is on prescription drugs. And so you kind of put this together, there's about 333 million people in America right now, give or take. That's uh, $13,000 for every man, woman, and child on this country um, in healthcare, and then $2,000 for every man, woman, and child in, in drugs, in prescription drugs every year. It's ridiculously expensive. And um, certainly that's out of reach for, for most people to just pay that out of pocket. You need to have uh, some kind of safety net uh, from an insurer, an employer-sponsored plan, a government-sponsored plan, whatever it is. And United Health Group uh, has risen to become the largest insurer in all of America. Insures over 50 million people now. Uh, both with individual plans, with employee plans, with a whole bunch of different offerings that they have out there. And it's gotten to the point that they're now collecting 400, around 400 million, excuse me, around $400 billion uh, per year with a B in revenues from, from the premiums, you know, from all of the plans that they have out there. And then, of course, they're paying a lot of those out as, as claims for all the healthcare costs. But I, I think that the thing I'm, I'm probably most excited about with United Healthcare is because they've got this data advantage, right? They've got so many people. They know their patients. They know what drugs they're prescribing for every every month, every year. Um, they've now got kind of an integrated uh, pharmacy benefits manager. You know, they went out and acquired Catamaran several years ago, so they can kind of uh, get better offers on prescription drugs from the drug makers. It's kind of a contentious issue of how expensive drugs have been getting, and they can push back from kind of consolidation in that space. And then also, you know, kind of the more that they know about patients, the more that they can kind of push for value-based care. Uh, which is rather than just go to the doctor, run 50 tests every single time you go and then get reimbursed for every one of those, uh, push for, for medical to truly, truly be a little bit more proactive, a little bit more based on outcomes and value-based care, uh, rather than just kind of this fee-for-service, you know, rally up as, as expensive as a bill as you can and, and the healthcare provider is going to take care of it for you, your insurer is going to take care of it for you. So all this together, um, you know, when you've got that many people, you've got that much money to work with, you've got really an efficient system that they're trying to get more efficient every single year. United Health, Health Group is a fantastic investment. Um, the big get bigger in this industry, and they're more than happy to share that profit stream with investors through a growing dividend every year. 
Right now, the current dividend yield on United Health Group, 1.4%. Uh, they're down a little bit this year, but five-year investing return, they are at 108%. So the, the company, big as it is, has uh, doubled over the past five years, which is surprising and mildly enraging to me as someone who buys health insurance. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about United Health Group, too, is they lock in their customer base, right? Like, like so many of the, the growth stocks that we talk about that are software as a service, you know, they lock people in and they know they've got them for a year. United Health Group does that with entire companies and industries. You know, they'll, they'll lock in and then they can't leave. They're, you're stuck there for at least the next year. And then once you find a plan for your people, uh, as a business owner that you like, you're probably going to stick with it. It's a, the switching costs and the 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 aggravation, right? I mean, you know how hard it is to cancel your cell phone or switch, you know, cell phone providers. Imagine canceling your health insurance and switching health insurance providers for 200 employees. It, it just it sounds awful just thinking about it. So I think I think that moat that we talk about in investing is, is there for United Health Group. Anything else on that? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, JT. It doesn't matter how much money they offer you. You know, the, the incentives are getting higher and higher, but you don't want to change your cell phone plan. You don't want to change your bank. You don't want to change your insurance provider, right? It's just easier to, to stick with them. And uh, of course, that's a very profitable business. There's no surprise that these are some of the best performing companies uh, over the long term. They've got a high level of service. You know, they've got great relationships with doctors. It's a very good insurance plan. Um, People stick with it. Like you said, high switching costs. Great investment too. You know, that dividend 1.4% right now, it's up 118% over those past five years. Um, that's been their primary way of returning capital to shareholders is through the dividend policy. Uh, they do, they invest in their business. They do plenty of other things too. But it's kind of nice when the, the cash payment you get from your stock is is doubling every every couple of years like it is with United Health. Uh, I'll remember that when I get my email this fall for open enrollment that my healthcare costs have gone up. I'll... Uh... That's I'll right. That's portfolio. right. JT. Sorry about that part, but That's maybe right. you can, if you can't beat them, join them and buy the stock. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. That'll make me happier about it, right? If I own United Health Group, it won't sting as much because I'm getting 1.14% of my money. Uh, let's and pivot fair, over. JT, oh, you know, there, go ahead. There, there is government regulation on this too, right? The Affordable Care Act does say that, you know, the medical, uh, medical loss ratio, also the medical care ratio uh, has to be at 80%, right? The, um, the amount of the claims divided by the revenue has to be at a certain kind of threshold that the government mandates. You can't just go out there and charge people unnecessarily. It has to be kind of being paid out in a certain amount of claims every year. Um, but I think the key for that is that even with regulations, United Health, the bigger that you are, the more efficient you can be with those operations. You can kind of spread out the fixed costs and the, uh, the operating re costs required for, for managing this many people. And it, it's really um, more and more efficient the more people you bring in and hits the bottom line more and more quickly. Yeah. Talk about the big getting bigger. I think that's a great transition into our other company uh, that we're talking about today, the CME Group, who I guess those of a certain age will remember as the Chicago Mercantile Exchange back from 1898, right, when they came around. Uh, this is a fascinating company. It really has just been kind of the underpinning of commerce and capitalism for the past hundred years. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, CME Group uh, up 12% this year. Their five-year investing return 
uh, only 30%, but their current dividend yield is a very attractive 4.7%, one of the, the higher dividend yields we've talked about so far on the income side of this challenge. Yeah, JT, wow, you have a certain age. That's impressive if you remember them back in 1898, right? Company's been around 125 years. Um, if, you, if you remember it when it was founded, then my goodness, you're, you're a pretty successful stock picker over the past uh, century or so. That's right. I don't, I don't the, uh, show my age, but uh, you know, I've been around <laughs> it for a while. So a brief, brief story about era, that. Right? My brief story about that. I was hanging out with my kid the other day, my five-year-old. And she was talking about Pocahontas going to a ball. And I was like, you know, she actually went to a ball, right? She went and visited the King of England when she was, you know, a real person. She was alive like 400 years ago. And my kid goes, wow, that's awesome. Did you ever meet her? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go and crawl into a fetal position now. Thanks, child of mine, for, for that day. Anyway, continue. Smile and nod. Love five-year-olds. That's um, right. Um, where was I going? The, the Chicago you were talking about CME Group and its evolution over the uh, hundreds of years I've been alive. Sure, sure. That's right. Since you're 500 years old, it, it's speculation of prices, right? It used to be for agricultural products. You know, if you didn't know uh, what kind of pricing you were going to get on your harvest, you wanted to make sure you could still pay your mortgage for the farm. And so you locked in prices in advance, right? And so it kind of Went from everything from wheat or agriculture's things to uh, to price of metals, oil, energy, and now it's kind of one of the largest uh, and most diverse uh, exchanges in the world, right? The Chicago Mercantile Exchange, CME Group, and so you you can speculate on the price of anything, and even recently, uh, you know, more exotic trades, uh, the price of Bitcoin, you can now buy futures for, uh, options that are tied to equities or to interest rates or any of these financial metrics uh, that are tracking the economy or that have an impact on businesses themselves. It's, it's not only for speculation where you want to just go and you, and you want to bet and you, you know, you want to, you want to make an investment return for that, but you can also diversify or hedge away a lot of financial risks. And so this is why uh, a lot of corporations use CME group, uh, you know, to hedge your own operations to make sure that they don't get stuck in hot water if things become volatile. And the reason this is so interesting is because we are in a volatile, period right now. We are seeing um, never before uh, seen raises in interest rates in short amount of times. And uh, inflation, you know, of cost of goods sold, a lot of those agricultural products or metals or energy related things. And while a lot of these are bad news, uh, headwinds for a lot of businesses that are impacted by them, it's actually net very good news for CME Group because they're going to get more people speculating on the prices of those goods or financial derivatives. And that just falls right to their bottom line. That's more volume. And of course, they get a cut of every one of the contracts that's traded. And so CME Group, you know, the interesting statistic to look at this is we just we just got, got the June numbers uh, for the average daily volumes across the businesses, the second best June they've ever had as a company. Um, so it's it's a volatile world out there. There's a lot of speculation going on right now. This is an interesting hedge not only to the prices of those goods, but also a hedge to the economy if you're looking for a safer play uh, in the investment world right now. Is that the, we were talking about the, the moat for United Health Group. I would have to think that that's part of the moat here if your CME is volatility, doesn't matter one way or the other to you because you're, you're the broker in the middle either way. If you're a user, uh, you don't want the spreads to be wide. You want to go kind of where all the volume is so that you don't have to pay as high a fees. 
because it's the most established exchange. Uh, of course, that's good because you're going to get more volume. And then also kind of the switching costs, um, similar to like you don't want to leave Microsoft Excel if you've been using Excel for the last 10 years. You don't want to go learn another exchange and how you want to trade somewhere else if you've already gotten used to CME for several years. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And I'm reading here on the article. You so graciously posted up on our Seven Investing site earlier today, which you can find uh, underneath the poll about these two companies on Twitter right now, uh, talking about the CME group. And it says, since its policy came out regarding dividends in 2021, the company has now returned over $21 billion to shareholders. That that policy is paying out both a quarterly dividend and special uh, dividends during the last 12 months. It's pretty neat as a that, uh, CME shareholder. It's one of the neatest parts. You don't see this very often, JT. You typically just get used to the same dividend for four quarters, and then they raise the dividend. It's the same dividend for the next four quarters after that. A CME group kind of says, we're going to have a variable dividend policy where you do get to count on that regular dividend every quarter, but we're also going to pay a, a special dividend every year as well. And to um, calibrate that, they typically say half of our earnings for the year uh, we're gonna we're gonna pay it out as dividends. Fifty percent of what falls to our bottom line, we want to pay that out to shareholders. And so they kind of make this end of the year adjustment through these special dividends, which is really nice. JT, what was it? Four point seven percent yield on on shares right now. I mean, that's a pretty nice payout uh, that and a lot of investors have gotten used to. Pretty lucrative when you're getting almost five percent in the dividend. Not to not to mention the capital appreciation too. Yeah, and and I can speak to this a little bit as somebody who's held this company personally for a little while. Uh, it's over where it was when I bought it pre-pandemic. I've just sat there and let it sit and dividend away. It hasn't lost any money. I, I think I'm up like, I don't know, 8% overall, which is, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be buying an island in the Caymans anytime soon with it, but it, it didn't lose money over the last three years, which I cannot say the same about many of the other names that I've been in, uh, you know, that were far more volatile and far more at risk, you know, these, these high, high growth names with that, that got pummeled in 2021 and 2022 and are, and are now coming 
back so fast. You know, slow and steady wins the race sometimes, and they got a long way to go before they can get back up to where CME was just plodding around one and 2% a year uh, really adds up. I, I think that's when we're talking income, it's that, that whole magic of compounding thing, right? Where it's just a little bit every year, a little bit of dividend every year. And then suddenly you look back five, 10, 15 years down the road and you're like, wow, that's all of a sudden become a sizable part of my portfolio without a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of sleepless nights on my part. Yeah, JD. And you know, what, what are some of the buzzwords that have hit the financial headlines in the last couple of years, right? Like I'm going a bit off script here, but you know, if you think about kind of, you know, crypto or cannabis or um, 3D printing, or, you know, it, it seems like AI is, is all anybody wants to talk about. These go up, SaaS stocks, software as a service stocks. I mean, some of these get fantastic gains over kind of short periods of time, but then there's a correction for at least a lot of these sectors. Not saying necessarily that AI is gonna suffer a similar correction, but we've seen the hype cycle kind of take a lot of these sexy trends to the woodshed uh, when the economy or when something doesn't play out as, as, as the expectations might've suggested that it was supposed to. But then you've got CME Group, like, like you just mentioned, um, that just kind of is that the, uh, the, the tortoise versus the hare, it continues to plot along. It makes uh, higher and higher operating margins every year. Um, they pay those out as dividends. It's steadily increased its dividend and shareholders that reinvest its own dividends into buying more shares at arguably a very, very good op, uh, value right now. There are advantages to investing in that kind of style. This is kind of how we frame uh, the growth versus income matchups, but in many ways, CME Group is the quintessential income stock. So I have a question on these, and this is really more of a broader income-based question and maybe a macro-based question, but we've looked at where things are on the macro environment the last few years, and there was a pivot away from small cap growth to income-based stocks that happened when you know the fall was going on in 2022. Are we at a point now where those income-based stocks are still attractive valuation-wise, or is there a risk here that as we flip-flop back around and growth becomes more attractive again, like are, are we peaking here uh, in terms of dividend stocks, income valuation? Or I guess you really just, is this an optimism-pessimism question, right? Where uh, if you think that things are gonna turn around and go positive, then maybe that's true maybe maybe these kind of stocks are peaking uh it, you know at least in the short term but over the next 5 10 15 years it doesn't matter we we tend to oversimplify it sometimes we we say money's in stocks and money's out of stocks right like money's going into the uh into the S&P 500 and in equities or we're parking it into cash but the more nuanced answer you know it's certainly the institutional side of the business sees this a lot more because they're interacting with clients every day but it's like you know what is your risk tolerance and what are your options at the time right right now a lot of people that don't want to take risks have money in money markets right you can get four or five percent just by parking it in very short-term vehicles with the bank but eventually there's going to be an appetite for a little bit more risk especially if rates do come back down and you're not able to get you know a, a pretty attractive rate uh a lot of that capital, and there's $5.5 trillion that's parked in money market funds right now, is going to go into similar low-risk options. You're not going to go out there and say, okay, I'm getting out of a money market fund, 
put it all on Rocket Lab right now. <laughs> you know, there tends to be a, you know, a gradual progression to lower risk equities that would offer a better return. And this is where I think that that capital is going to go. It's going to go to dividends instead of just money markets or instead of just, you know, interest from, from bank loans and things like this. Um, I think that you've got a, a company that pays, you know, a 5% dividend, almost a 5% dividend, pretty stable, you know, that it's going to be around. You don't have to worry about it disappearing, but it's not going to be super volatile uh, with the ups and downs of what the economy is going to do. I, I think a lot of that capital is going to go in a kind of companies like uh, like CME Group or even United Health, also, JT. I mean, both of these are kind of a great option for the, that kind of money. If my broker buddies took it all and you load it into Rocket Lab, I'd be thrilled, by the way. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here today. Uh, let's get to it then, Simon. CME Group versus United Health Group. Which would be your pick for the stock that you think is going to provide the most value to shareholders over the next five years? Yeah, this is um, this is another one that probably could go either way. I don't think this is a real sexy matchup, JT. I don't think too many people are really excited about CME Group versus versus United Health. You don't know that, Simon. There could be people hanging on your every word right now. Every word. Uh, send me a message. You know, let, let's chat about that if you are. If you're hanging on my every word about these two, but you know, I, I think that in my opinion, the, the market is not giving credit to to CME Group right now. I think that. There is a lot of volatility and they've capitalized on that. It just doesn't seem like that valuation. Um, it seems kind of stuck in neutral. And, and you're not buying this for a three-month return. You're buying this for a three-year return. In our case, a five-year return. And to me, that's the superior option of the two of these matched head-to-head. -head. I, I would go with CME Group over five years from today's price. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I've owned it for a while. It's been a real nice floor you know, to build a portfolio on. it's it To me, it's great if you're starting a portfolio from scratch and you need something to say, you know what, I'm not going to lose my nest egg, right? I'm, I, I've got a couple, you know, I've got a little bit of money to play. I don't want to lose it. If you put a big chunk of your your portfolio into that or, you know, some, some bit of your portfolio into that, at least you know that like the whole thing's not, like you're not just betting on black at the casino. Right, you're, you're, some of that's going to stay there and it's going to grow over time, and and that was kind of the the underpinning of behind my purchase of it when I started investing, and I, I think it's still that play still like that thesis hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there in my account. It's still making money every every quarter. You know, uh, you talk about investing to where you can sleep well at night. Uh, CME Group versus United Health, I think that that works on two fronts for me. I I can sleep well at night knowing that. The money's not going away. I can sleep well at night knowing that I'm investing in companies that are making life uh, better for people. Uh, and, and I think that CMA Group does that in a lot of ways by by decreasing volatility in trades and letting people, you know, like you said, it, back to its its roots, right? Its agricultural roots of of making uh, you know finances easier for agricultural folks as they go and and sell their crops every year. They can lock in prices and know that they're gonna not lose the farm. So if you don't wanna lose the farm, uh, CME Group is probably the way to go. So I agree with you there. Let's see if we're wrong again. So, I mean, we've been, we've been terrible at this uh, so far. We were right. We were, with, we were with the majority this last one, JT. Uh, Domino's, I think was the first one that I bet on that, or that I voted in the poll with the majority on it. Yeah. Out of all the matchups we've had. See, okay, <laughs> so maybe this is the start of a rally then. This is the start of a trend there for us. We'll, we'll see if we can go for two for two. So both of us pick CME Group. Uh, we'll see what happens. 
actually we can we can check right now and see where we're at uh because the, the poll is live as we record this this uh this fine Tuesday. So we, we are in the minority, JT. I'm seeing a 74-26 split as of right now. Oh, it was fun while it lasted, Simon. Hey, you know what? Maybe yeah, we, we got to that's right. Maybe <laughs> maybe this will uh spur some people on to maybe we'll see a rally for CME group. Um for if you want to follow along with all this, and it has been an awful lot of fun, uh, you can do that by going to seveninvesting.com slash growth vs income. That's growth versus income. Uh, we've got a lot more matchups uh, happening this week as we get near our final. So just to, to clue you in on what we've got coming up, our next matchup, which is tomorrow, that is Lockheed Martin versus American Tower, which is a very interesting matchup. You got defense contractor on one hand, air, aircraft manufacturer versus massive internet infrastructure, cell phone tower infrastructure, global, uh, you know, infrastructure with American Tower. That's going to be interesting. And then on the 20th, on Thursday, Tractor Supply Company got our first round buy in, on the income side, just like Tesla did on the growth side. And we're going to have another free-for-all where we take dominoes, we take the winner of this matchup, we take the winner of the next matchup of, of Lockheed Martin or American Tower, and each of those three winners goes up against Tractor Supply for our, in, our income free-for-all. And then at the end of that, that winner is going to take on Tesla in our final next Monday. So get a, a chance to review all of that by going to 7investing.com slash growth versus income. We're going to have podcasts on those as we go through. You can review our previous podcasts on the growth side. There's a lot of good information in there about those companies. And of course, if you want to learn more about all these companies, you can become a subscriber to 7investing. Go to 7investing.com slash subscribe and you get your first week of our premium service for just $1. A lot of the companies we're talking about, not all, but a lot of them are active uh, uh, recommendations of our advisors here at 7investing. They go into the numbers, they go into the story, they go into the leadership, they go into the pros and the cons. If you read one of our recommendation reports, you'll see just the amount of information that they're able to cram into a very short space. Uh, you can get through one of them in a, I don't know, 10 minutes, and then your entire perspective on these companies changes. It's really fascinating. If you haven't read one of our recommendation reports, you should. And I'm going into full marketing mode. You can, you can do that for free by going to our homepage and giving us your email address and we'll actually send you a recommendation report, a full recommendation report on one of our active, active recommendations for free. So lots of ways you can play along, participate, grow your investing knowledge and get the confidence you need to buy individual stocks yourself and manage your portfolio on your own. Simon, what did I miss? Did I miss anything there? That's it. Hit the high points. I hit it all. Great okay. Recap. That's great. Well, for Simon Erickson, then I'm JT Street. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with another breakdown of our summer stock challenge. Here we are at 7investing, where we empower you to invest in your future.